welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast recording for May 10th, 2020, and I'm Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and I'm glad you're joining us. Um, First of all, it's Mother's Day, so celebrate the mother figures in your life and praise God with me for them. And second, um, we have the privilege and the honor from hearing from our own Reverend Sharon Yagerlander. Let's listen as we hear God speak through her this morning. I would like to read to you the first four verses of Psalm 91. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. This psalm seems to have been written for our world today with its talk of being delivered from deadly pestilence, for that is our constant prayer at this time. But verse 4 also seems appropriate for Mother's Day. He will cover you with his pinions, and other his wings you will find refuge. When reading this verse, I always have the image of a mother hen gathering her little chicks under her and spreading out her wings to keep them safe and secure. So God gathers us safely close to him and holds us there. God had told Isaiah, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Verses such as this are God's way of reassuring us that we are safe in his care. Pray with me. Loving God, we thank you for the gift of mothers whom we celebrate today, and we give thanks for your loving care of us each day of our lives. Continue to protect us from the pestilence. Open our hearts now to hear your word proclaimed and to worship you joyfully in song and prayer. You are our refuge, and in you we trust. Amen.
Good morning. I am sure that all of you know that today is Mother's Day. Did you give your mother a card or a present for Mother's Day today? This Mother's Day card I have in front of me says, Mom, I love you. Do you think your mom likes to hear you tell her that you love her? Of course she does. But do you know what your mother would like even more? She would like for you to show her that you love her. So what are some ways we can show your mom that you love her? Well, you might help out around the house. You could clean your room or empty the trash. You could show her that you love her by obeying her when she tells you to do something. You can show her you love her by getting along with your brother or sister. It is easy to tell your mom that you love her, but if you really love her, your actions will show it too. Do you think that God likes to hear us tell him that we love him? I know he does, but he likes it even more when our actions show him that we love him. So how do we do that? Well, the Bible tells us that God showed his love for us by sending his one and only son so that we might live through him. And it goes on to say that since God loves us so much, we ought to love one another. And one of the best ways to show our love for God is to love one another. Yes, God likes us, likes to hear us say, I love you, but he would rather see us say, I love you. As we celebrate Mother's Day, let's tell mom that we love her. But more importantly, let's remember to show her that we love her. And as we worship today, let's tell God we love him. But more important, let's remember to show him we love him by loving one another. Dear Lord, we have come to your house today to say, I love you. Help us go out of here today and show you that we love you by our actions. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Let us humble ourselves before our God and confess our sins. Please pray with me. O Lord, our God, you call us to work for a world where all will be fed and have dignity, but we find ourselves distracted by our own desires. You call us to seek justice and peace, but we are satisfied with injustice and discord. You call us to bring liberty to the oppressed, but we do not insist on freedom for all. Forgive us, O Lord. Turn us to your will by the power of your Spirit, so that all may know your justice and your peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Now let's take a moment and silently confess to our God how we've fallen short and what we've left undone. It says in God's word that if we confess our sins to him, he removes them from us as far as the east is from the west. I have good news, folks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Heaven
Good morning. This is Mother's Day. So I want to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all of the women out there. It is a day to think of our own mothers and the love they gave us and all of the special times we've had together. It is a day for moms to look at their children as the precious gift they truly are. Yet I firmly believe that one does not have to have given birth to be considered a mother or to be celebrated this day. This day honors all women who have ever mothered a child. The dictionary defines motherly as like a mother, showing a mother's kindliness and tenderness. Think for a moment of those women who have acted motherly toward you. And now think of the times you gave that care to a child that may not have been your own. We honor all these caring acts and people today. As we've been going through this time of social isolation, mothers have been greatly challenged. Many are faced with working from home, helping with the needs of elderly parents, while at the same time supervising distance learning for their children, and then trying to come up with creative activities to amuse the children who are tired of staying home and not seeing their friends or going anywhere. Then she still has all of the daily household chores to do. Phew! And she can't turn to have family for help because of social distancing. I see all of this in my own family, and I have the utmost respect for the parents of this unprecedented time. So again, happy Mother's Day. Our message this morning is about a woman who seemed to be a very successful person in many ways. Her name was Lydia. We don't know if Lydia has children or had been married, but we do know that she manages a profitable business, runs her substantial household, and leads a prayer group. She would probably cope very well in today's world. God calls us to proclaim the good news. Let us open our hearts to hear God's word. Our scripture today follows Paul as he and his missionary team spread out across Asia and now into Europe with the message of the good news that the Messiah had come for all people. As we heard this week, last week, it is assumed that the book of Acts was written by Luke, almost as a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. In this passage, it begins as a narrative tale, but in verse 10, the writer suddenly switches to the use of the word we, indicating that he too was part of the mission team. Hear the message from Acts, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia 
being convinced that God called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's look at this passage more closely so we can understand why this very short story is recorded here and what it means to us today. The account of Paul's turn toward Europe begins with a summary of his travels. The Holy Spirit is the one directing the path of these missionaries, sometimes by speaking to them, other times through heavenly vision. In this case, the Spirit directs Paul by blocking doors in Asia. Throughout the book of Acts, we see continued evidence of the Spirit guiding and empowering the church's witnesses. Here, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia pleading with him to come and help them. The fact that this man was begging emphasized the urgency of the situation. How could he say no? God was definitely sending him. His plans to go back and check on previously planted churches were not God's plans. The response of Paul and Silas was to immediately cross over to Macedonia. These people needed to hear the good news, proclaiming the gospel and convincing the hearers that Jesus was the Messiah. I find that when I am praying about a decision, I will often ask God to close the doors that are to be closed and open the doors that I am to go through. And then I try to follow that path. Over and over, God says, I have a plan for you. All we have to do is listen. That's what Paul did. And he went to Macedonia. Macedonia in northern Greece had a small Jewish population and a leaning toward pagan beliefs, a good place to bring the good news. The city of Philippi was about 10 miles from the sea, so after sailing for a few days, they would have walked the distance and settled in. As was their custom, they began their mission work by seeking a worshiping committee to share with. Paul's intent was to take the gospel to Jews first, so the best place to meet them would be at Sabbath worship. 
They soon realized there were not enough Jews in the city to have a synagogue. And even as a group, they did not have the necessary ten men required for a service. And unrecognized religions were not even allowed in the city. Since Jews were not particularly welcome either, they headed out of the city toward the river. Worshippers often gathered near the river, so they had water available for any purification rituals. In our country at this time, we can understand Paul seeking a place of worship. Just as there was no synagogue to gather in, we too do not have a sanctuary to gather in, and we too are looking for alternate ways to worship and pray together. And we have learned, as they did, that the church is not a building or contained in a building, but is the people wherever they gather, be it at the riverside or using Zoom on a computer or connecting while sitting on your couch. Wherever people of God gather, God is present. As Jesus had reminded his followers, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. It was there he met Lydia, a woman described as a worshiper of God. It is thought that she was a Gentile, believing and behaving like a Jew without being one. The fact that she was leading others in prayer and worship indicates that she was actively seeking God. Lydia was a successful independent businesswoman, being a dealer in purple cloth, available only to the nobility or wealthy where it symbolized power and influence. The rare dye color came from a now extinct snail and was highly prized. So a merchant in purple cloth would daily rub shoulders with the rich and famous. The use of her name in Luke's story may well indicate her social prominence. In this informal place of prayer, Paul is able to sit with this group of Gentile women and his fellow missionaries and assume the role of guest rabbi. And in doing so, he opens the door to full participation of men and women in his ministry. At that time, women were not welcome in the synagogue. One rabbi was quoted as saying, It is better that the words of the law be burned than be delivered to a woman. Pretty harsh. Paul's actions emphasize the passage from Galatians. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. A welcome change for the first century. As Paul preached, Lydia's inner eyes were open, and she was able to see and believe in her heart in the Jesus that Paul proclaimed. She had been worshiping with the knowledge she had, but it was missing a lot. It was as if she suddenly realized that this was what she had been searching and praying for. 
Paul helped her to see it was not enough to just hear and worship. She had to believe. It wasn't Paul's charismatic personality or skilled preaching that reached her, but the power of God. Luke used the same terminology when describing the scene of the resurrected Jesus at the shore, saying, Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. I think of the story of the road to Emmaus when the men later asked, Were not our hearts burning within us? God was at work in their hearts. Being a woman of action, she and her whole household were baptized. This response affirmed for Paul that the Lord was indeed blessing their ministry in Europe, and they were in the right place. In response to her conversion, Lydia invites this band of missionaries to stay at her home, another indication of her wealth to have the space and the means to invite several guests for an indefinite stay. Lydia understood that the men needed a base to work from and to establish their ministry. She wanted to be a part of it. She was most insistent that they stay with her. Again, like the men from Emmaus, she offered hospitality to the strangers. When Paul wrote to the Romans, <clears throat> he listed some of the marks of a Christian. Among them, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Lydia's response to hearing the word and believing the word and being baptized was to take action, giving of herself. This simple encounter with Lydia and her household led to a whole new community of believers in Philippi and then throughout Europe. We look at the immenseness of Europe today and realize that their Christianity began at that riverside in Philippi because Paul listened when God spoke, because Lydia listened. So one of the first lessons we take away from this passage is to listen for God and to listen to God. Paul heard God's voice and obeyed. Lydia heard God's voice through Paul's words. In Lydia's situation, the message was Paul's, but the saving grace was God's, and their lives were changed. I sometimes think of these as lightning moments, when you are certain the message you are hearing is from God, and that God is speaking to you. It can be like an instant flash of understanding, like a bolt of lightning. I have had those moments in my life, and I'm sure you have too. God speaks to real people like Lydia, like us. Paul had not intended to go to Philippi. He had other ideas, but God took him to places he did not expect to go. You may have heard the question, how do you make God laugh? The answer is, tell him your plans. Can't you just see God looking at us and saying, No, my child, I have other plans for you, 
even better ones. I often keep coming back to Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Make your requests known to the Lord, and then wait. If we watch for God, we will see God. God will answer. When young Samuel heard God's voice in the night, he responded, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Are we listening? God speaks to us today. We must open our hearts and our ears to hear. Spend time in scripture. Spend time in prayer. Listen. At this time of isolation, we're finding ourselves leading quieter lives. We're in our homes rather than all over the community. More alone time than in groups. What better time to be still and know our God? To be still and listen for what God has to say to us. Lydia affirmed her belief which was sealed in baptism. We too have been given new life through baptism, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you believe, as did Lydia, then the call is to do something. Respond. Work for the kingdom. You may feel that you are inadequate or you don't know what to do, Trust me, God has tasks for you. The Spirit will guide and make you fruitful. There are no church sanctuaries to be safely open for worship at this time. What can we do instead? I read a quote that says, When we cannot do as we would, we must do as we can. We can still worship, as we're doing right now through technology. How can we continue to reach out to those <clears throat> who have no church community, even in the best of times? We can be the church to them in many small ways. We can reach out to those who are isolated, a phone call, <clears throat> a note, an offer to pick up groceries. We can pray with and for others. We can donate to food banks and community groups feeding the hungry. It looks like we'll be wearing masks for a while. Can you help with making and donating some? For people who feel they may be too insignificant to make a difference, remember how it has felt to spend the night with a little bitty mosquito in the bedroom. Do what you can where you are. James reminds us, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. God expects us to make our faith visible in our actions and in how we serve. Lydia is remembered for her gift of hospitality. Lydia shared her home and food and all in joyful gratitude for the new life she had been given.
for God's answer to her prayers. Offering hospitality was a way she could respond and be part of their ministry. So she made her home the base for the missionary operations. How can you offer hospitality to others? Be creative. Father Michael Judge was the fire department chaplain in New York on 9-11. He did not hesitate to rush to the Twin Towers, where he comforted and consoled and administered last rites to the injured and dying, and where he himself died, being listed as casualty number one. He had a prayer that he felt outlined his philosophy. Lord, Take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say and keep me out of your way. We could all say that prayer every day and allow God to direct us and partner with us. How are you doing at being the church? Are you using your gifts and abilities to do what you can, where you can? Are you listening in such a way that you are open to hearing God speak to you and to follow where God leads? Are you willing to open your heart and all that you are to be a servant for God? Lydia did. Will you? Amen. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Open our eyes that we may see Open our ears that we may hear your voice and open our hearts that we may heed the words that you say. Let our love for you and our gratitude for our salvation be made evidence by the readiness to show our faith in action, serving the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue in worship on this fine Mother's Day, I'd like to give us an update. Last week, we received $11,000 in gifts. God is good. Amen? Amen. Now, this morning's tithes and offerings are received. Please send your gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. When I was a child, I would watch as you gave every moment of love. Oh, there were dreams that you had You gave them up to raise us The sacrifice you made for us all The wisdom you shaped through the years And regardless of how hard life seemed to be You smiled and dug it because You are beautiful, beautiful woman Love's pure beating heart That's what you are, you are beautiful Be beautiful woman. 
changed Just a few years gone by Funny how soon we are older And to think of all of those times that we shared The hardships through which we were molded So every night as I bow my head And pray to my Heavenly Father I thank Him for all of the blessings I've had Especially the blessing What a gift prayer is, O Lord. May we approach your throne of grace together. Almighty and everlasting God, we praise you this morning for the gift of life, for our health and loved ones, and for our church community that continues to pray for each one of us by name. Thank you, God, for your loving protection, your mercy that flows freely and for saving each one of us from the abyss. We love you, Lord Jesus. Today is a day set aside for honoring mothers. We give you heartfelt thanks for our moms. We pray for mothers with children at home. Give them perseverance and wisdom to raise and nurture their children. We pray for mothers whose children are grown Give them a fond remembrance of childhood memories and the joy of having raised their children. To all women who have had a part in encouraging our kids, thank you teachers and aides, aunties and neighbors, coaches and friends. What a crazy time we're living through, oh God. While most of us could not have conceived of a worldwide pandemic, We are reminded that none of this, none of this is a surprise to you. You hold each one of us in the very palm of your hand. You know the number of hairs on our head and breath in our lungs. And you know each one of us by name. What a great comfort that is when little around us gives us peace. We accept your peace, Father, your peace that transcends all of our understanding. We pause for a moment to lift up our worries and our fears to you.
Thank you, Lord, for promising to never leave us and to never forsake us. As the world slowly begins to transition to what will become a new normal, we pray for wisdom for our leaders. We continue to pray for healthcare staff, grocery workers, postal carriers, delivery persons, and all essential workers. Our gratitude is overwhelmed by your faithfulness in carrying on. We pray for those underemployed and unemployed because of the current circumstances. May you bring work soon, God, and provide for their needs. We continue to pray for Pastor Jason and all pastors who have found themselves apart from their flocks and learning to minister your gospel from afar. Thank you for neighbor helping neighbor. May it continue. We join with you in visioning what life may look like in the coming months. Continue to transform us more and more into your image, we pray. And we continue to pray as you taught your disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God spoke and Paul listened. Paul spoke and God opened Lydia's heart to his message. She believed. God still speaks. We are challenged to open our hearts to hear what God is saying to us today and every day. And then we are asked to respond, to show our faith in our actions. We say, I do believe. Let our faith be evident to all around us. And now receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you and all whom you hold dear, especially mothers, this day and every day. Amen. And again I say to you, Happy Mother's Day.